When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Forever and ever. I mean, it's been like a year, literally. Since last year, I think we did one of these full shows in our normal slot. The Knicks and Rangers were nice enough to take the night off to allow us to have our little platform here, which is outstanding. How's everybody doing? Dan Grosser Show, live and in living color, right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is... The telephone number, Harvey Cruz and Chantel Rankin, they're my buddies. They're producing the program tonight. We're taking it right up until 10 o'clock. What is it, Gordon and Larry tonight, uh, Harvey, right after us? Gordon, there we go. You see that? You got the bell. That's the confirmation you need. So we got a lot of things to get to. I mean, we have to basically check off the list every single thing that happened since the last time we were on. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that because I don't think we have enough time. It's been that long. But football is going to be the name of the game. A lot of it, of course, the Giants, as you would expect, because, hey, Giants got a game on Saturday night in Philadelphia. And isn't that a pleasant surprise if you are a fan of the football Giants and maybe just a fan in general? You know, anytime you get a rivalry game like two teams in the NFC East that clearly don't like each other, the fans don't like each other, and they're meeting for a third time this year, you know, all bets are off. You don't know what exactly you're going to expect. And that's why I think this game is going to be interesting, and I really and truly believe that the Giants, you know, we talked about it yesterday on the show we did with Mike Tannenbaum for Barton Hahn. I, I think the Giants have a heck of a chance to go down there and win this football game on Saturday night. I, I really and truly think that they will. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that I think work in the Giants' favor in this game, to be quite honest with you. And we'll get into all those a little bit later on. But, you know, really just thinking about where this team has come from and what they accomplished. Like I was talking to somebody a little while ago. When you rewind back to the summer, and what we thought this New York football season was going to be, right? Like Vegas had the Giants at over under seven and a half, which I thought was pretty generous, to be quite honest with you. I wasn't expecting a lot from this team. You know, Brian Dayball, a first-year coach, the roster really was not blossoming with talent. And there was a lot of question marks, especially at the key positions, namely quarterback, Saquon Barkley, coming off of another injury, ineffectiveness. You know, you just sit here and you wonder, like, boy – How is this all going to compute this year? And you were going to give the Giants a pass regardless. Like, if the Giants went out there this year and they won, you know, three, four games, I don't think anybody was going to bat an eye and say, oh, you got to blow the whole thing up. It's a disaster. No, because they're doing that again, right? You're bringing in a new coach. You're bringing in a new GM. And you're allowing them to instill their program on this organization. Maybe even instill some stability, which has been missing from this team over the last several years. But – Everything that they accomplished this year. And you know what? It started right out of the gates in week one with that win in Tennessee where Brian Dayball said, you know what? The heck with the tie. The heck with the extra point. We're going for two to give him the lead. And then Tennessee comes down, misses the field goal at the gun, and you think, all right, we're off and running here. And then you remember you pointed to the early schedule that the Giants had this season, right? You looked at the schedule and you saw some opportunities there. You know, you had Carolina 
early on. You already had the win against Tennessee. You had the Bears early on at home. You know, you played the Jaguars. You had to go, you know, to Seattle, who we thought weren't going to be very good this year. You know, the Houston Texans. And then the wins started to pile up, and you kept looking at that schedule and said, boy, you know, you got a chance to do something here. You know, maybe, just maybe, Giants might find their way to make this thing interesting until the end of the season. And one thing led to another. They got into good position at the midway point of the year, and then the rough patch hit, right right around kind of Thanksgiving, and they started losing games, and the injuries started to stockpile. You know, my buddy Don said that he didn't think the Giants were going to win another game the rest of the year. Turns out he was like half right. He just meant the other team in town who didn't win another game after the Thanksgiving weekend, right? And then they collected themselves. That win down in Washington, to me, turning point of their season. That was the game that allowed them to essentially make the postseason and to go into Minnesota like they did last week. And you can't even say stun the football world. I mean, who did the Giants really surprise by winning that game? Surprise Vegas? Surprise maybe fans outside of the New York area? I mean, shoot, we watched this team all year. You knew that they were capable of going and beating the Vikings. Hell, even if you watch the Vikings this season, in the game against the Jets, in the game against the Giants on Christmas Eve, you know that this was a beatable team and they had flaws. And it was what team was going to make the less mistakes? What team was going to be able to go out there and execute in the toughest moments of the game? And that was the Giants. And, oh, by the way, they ended up having the best player on the field. And maybe it wasn't the player that we thought was going to be the best player on the field, but it was the quarterback. And that's the revelation. Because what Daniel Jones has done this year and the way he's positioned himself to cash in, I think might be the biggest surprise of anything. Not even so much what the team has accomplished and the fact that they're one of four teams still standing in the NFC, but what the quarterback has done and how he has now elevated himself to where you look at him completely different and you look at the quarterback position for the Giants and say to yourself, you know what? They got stability. And you can't put a price on that. Giants are going to have to put a price on that if they want to keep it stable, right? He's earned themselves some money. But you look at the Jets, for example, Jets had some talent this year, but you know what was a revolving door? The quarterback position, the most important position on the field. Jets couldn't figure it out, had some bad luck, and that's why they ended up starting three quarterbacks. And that was one of the reasons why they crashed and burned and didn't make the playoffs. And I've said it a million times, I'll keep saying it. If Daniel Jones was the Jets quarterback this year, Jets are a playoff team. Because you knew you had that guy for 17 games. And he was going to answer the bell each and every week. And you're talking about saving your best for last? Saving your best for when your team needs you to be your best? What he gave you in Minnesota on Sunday, any Giant fan that had even a shred of doubt, even, even, even Iota, a small fraction as to whether or not he was your guy moving forward? I mean, shoot, did he not answer every single question? Satisfy every single doubt that you might possibly have. Daniel Jones is the Giants quarterback. Giant quarterback of the present, giant quarterback of the future. And I wasn't always a big Daniel Jones guy, wasn't. Now, it just so happens that he had his best season this year, which, you know, maybe goes a little bit towards the changing of opinion. And there's nothing wrong with that. And the head coach deserves a lot of credit for that. He really and truly does. You know, if Giants ran it back, With Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, 
as the head coach and the offensive coordinator this year. Are we talking about Daniel Jones as being one of the surest things that you have on your football team? A guy that you want to continue to have a partnership with for years and years to come? I'm not sure we can say that. So there's the yeah, but. You want to throw a yeah, but into the conversation? I think that would be it. You know, how much of what we've seen from Daniel Jones in 2022-23, how much responsibility is Brian Dayball taking that? And Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator. Because obviously, they brought the best out of Daniel Jones. Brian Dayball, think about it. Brian Dayball, last couple of years up in Buffalo, the job he did helping develop Josh Allen into somebody that was an MVP candidate coming into the season. A guy who was thought to be one of the top, you know, three, four quarterbacks in all the NFL. One of the, the, the young, bright stars of the league. Josh Allen looked a little sloppy at times this year, especially down the stretch, did he not? How much of that do you think was not having Brian Dayball around? But now Brian Dayball is here, and Daniel Jones is the one who's reaping the rewards. You know, Josh Allen didn't play a good game on Sunday. They, the Buffalo Bills beat the Dolphins on Sunday in spite of Josh Allen, not because of him, right? Game he played against the Jets up at MetLife Stadium earlier this year. It wasn't a good game. One of those interceptions he threw was almost like he was giving the game away. Couldn't really get much going in the passing game. But if you're a Giant fan right now, you're not complaining. You're loving this. And I, look, we don't know what's going to happen exactly on Saturday night. You know, they could go out there and maybe play their worst game of the season. I don't think it's going to happen. But even if it does, and if Daniel Jones, let's say, turns into the old Daniel Jones, and he's a turnover machine, and he's fumbling the football left and right, and he throws a couple of picks, and he just, you know, he plays a bad game. You know, maybe the brights would be too light for him, or the lights would be too bright, not the other way around. You know what I'm saying. I still do not think that that tarnishes everything that happens this year for this team. I really and truly don't. This is a bonus. This is a gravy game. Hell, I thought the Viking game last week was a bonus. No matter what happened. It was a fun season, a successful season, and now even more so you add on top of that, you won a playoff game already on the road. But boy, if you're not a Giant fan who thinks that come Saturday night, if you're going to go down to the game, you're going to be watching it at home. If you're going to go to your local watering hole, wherever you're going to do to watch the game, whatever your tradition is going to be on Saturday night. But if you're a Giant fan and you don't think you have a legitimate shot to win this football game, I don't know what to tell you. Because I think you do. I really and truly think you do. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. I do a lot of Giants tonight, as you would expect. We'll talk to Jordan Renan, our good buddy, covers the Giants for us here at ESPN. That'll be around 9 o'clock. Jordan had a busy day out there at practice, talking all the who's who's and everything as Giants turn the page and get ready here for their game on Saturday. We'll tell you what we know about the Jets. Search for an offensive coordinator. Search for a quarterback. How about the quarterback last night? Did he play his last game? Talking about number 12 in Tampa Bay? Tell you what I think about that one. Jam-packed program for you. Till 10 o'clock on this Tuesday. Dan Gross' show. Hey, it's good to be back. 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? 
It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Get me on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. And like I said, you know, I keep thinking back to before the season. Giants were at 7.5 with the wins and losses. Jets were 5.5. And, and I thought the Jets were the safer bet. And look, they, they went over the 5.5, but they kind of petered out there at the end. Didn't see this coming from the Giants. Not in any way, shape, or form. Um, I thought they were going to take their lumps this year. And what they've done is incredible. It really and truly is. And you got to feel confident about this. That there's only four more or four games this weekend. You're playing one of the four. You know, and then you're one win away from getting to a championship game. A win away from having an opportunity to play for a Super Bowl. I know it's been, what, six years in between playoff wins and all those things. You know, we kind of had some fun with that over the last couple of days and whatnot. But once you get to this point, the hard part is still in front of you. It really and truly is. Like, turning it around from a losing program to now being a winning one and making the playoffs. Like, okay, we've seen teams do that, right? Have the complete 180s from one season to the next in the NFL. Like, that that isn't rare, Right? The league is designed so the teams that are down are able to turn it around and vice versa. That's the way the whole formula kind of works. The hardest part for a team is where the Giants are at right now. And winning, what did they win, nine games this year or whatever it was? Winning nine games. How do you go from a nine-win team and become a 12-13-win and 13 win team during the regular season and then stay at that point? That's the tough part. Not just going from good to very good, but from good to great. And I know, look, I understand it's a process. And I think if you're a fan, you're going to be excited because they're going to have some more salary cap room to work with next year. Joe Shane and Brian Dayball are going to start to fill out this roster with players that they feel fit their type and fit their mold. Remember, a lot of these guys were holdovers. Guys that they ended up having to sign off the street for whatever reason that they were available. So you're really going to start to see this team over the next couple of seasons take on the identity of what Brian Dayball and Joe Shane envision. Is it going to be good enough? Are they going to be able to win consistently? Well, we'll get our answers. But you know what? You're not worried about next year yet. You're not worried about what they do down the road. You're worrying about Saturday, and you're worrying about the Philadelphia Eagles and trying to get to the NFC Championship game. And it's incredible we're even talking about that. All right, let's go to the phones. 800-919-3776. Let's say hi to Mike in Manhattan. He's going to be first up here on 98.7. Michael, how are you? Hi, thanks for taking my call. What's up, Mike? Um, so I I feel like Dave Gettleman, he has he gets so much hate, his personality, maybe people just don't like him. But 
he this is his team, and I think Joe Shane would be the first to tell you that. This man had has he brought in all these guys, most of them, and he's got all stars all over the field. And yes, he didn't get the right coach, and the offensive line he couldn't build that. But the reason they're here is because of him. And you know they were supposed to be a top five worst team in the league, and they were terrible, and it was all his fault. Shane wasn't going to you know it was all going to be on him when they were terrible this year. But you know what? The opposite happened. They won one game away from the championship game. They're going to win this game. Uh, they're going to win this game Saturday. I think the Eagles. Bottom line is this. Giants have the best player on the football field. That's Daniel Jones. This man is still so underrated. He's the second coming of Eli with legs. He can run. I don't I know mean, if that's true. I don't know if that. I don't know oh, if he's I the best player is. on the field. I, who is? Hurt? Eagle, Eagles got some good players. Okay, but you know what? I, I look. He's the quarterback, and he has. The Remember, Jalen Hurts, Mike. Jalen Hurts was having an MVP caliber season before he got hurt. Yeah, you know what? Uh, last season, Jones beat him. Remember, he hurt his neck. He probably broke his neck. He beat him that game. And Hurts threw what three picks or something like. I, I, but Mike, last good. year, Mike, last year is last year, right? Last year, the St. Uh, the St. Louis, the, the LA Rams were the best team in football. This year, they were the worst team in football, or one of the worst. You know, you can't go by last year. Worry about now. Eagles are good. Eagles are. Re- See, that's the thing. And you got to guard against this a little bit. See, the Giant fan, like if you listen to Mike, Mike's a little cocky. You know, Mike's confident. You know, Giants go into Minnesota and beat up on a Minnesota team, which, let's be honest, you know, hasn't really won anything collectively. And now you're talking the talk and saying, you know, we're just going to waltz into Philadelphia and, and beat up on the Eagles as if they've done nothing. You know, Philadelphia, they're the one seed for a reason. You know, this team wasn't – see, think about what Philadelphia did this year. Philadelphia did what I just got done saying the Giants are going to have a challenge doing next year. How do you go from good to becoming very good? Right? Philadelphia snuck in last year in the first season – when Nick Sirianni is a rookie coach, still made the playoffs, and they got beat pretty bad by Tampa Bay. That was an ugly game. And then they parlayed that into winning 14 games this year and getting the one seed in the conference. It's pretty good. Eagles are good. They've got talent on both sides of the football. They are dangerous. You know, this ain't, this ain't going to be Minnesota's offense. You know, you're not going to be dealing with Kirk Cousins this week. A guy who wilts under the bright lights. And I know that Justin Jefferson is on that Vikings team, and the Giants did a good job with him after the first drive of the game and whatnot. Philadelphia's got some dudes. You know, Giant defense and Wink Martindale and company, they're going to have their hands full trying to stop Philadelphia. And I think that Nick Sirianni and his staff, by the way, a little bit more imaginative offensively than what Minnesota is. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. Eddie in Brooklyn, up next here on 98.7. What's up, Ed? What's going on, man? Good evening. How you doing? Ed, Listen, we're um, doing good. What's up? I was I was just telling you, man, this Giants team, I'm not saying they like as good as like the team. Remember the, um, the year that New England was undefeated and they played the Giants like, I think the second or the third game for, towards the end of the season, and the Giants gave them a run for their money even mm-hmm. though they won the game. And I was saying like, New England don't want to play the Giants in Super Bowl. This team got that type. Like they kind of remind me of that. I'm not saying like Philly. I know Philly's a great team. I'm not one of them dudes that's not a great team, a good team. I'm not one of them dudes that's like we're gonna go down there, and, you know, just walk over them. But I believe the Giants gonna beat them. The Giants could beat them if the if the Giants play their game. You know, like I'm. They can't go down there and make mistakes and stuff like that. They gotta play like a good game, like they played last week. But the Giants could beat them, and I'm and I'm putting my money the Giants gonna beat them. Eddie, look, I don't disagree with you. Gi- Giants could easily win this game. The-, the point I'm trying to make, and I thank you for the phone call, you know, j- our- with our previous caller, was that it ain't going to be like you're walking in there 
and you're just going to waltz all over Philadelphia because you got out of Minnesota alive. You know, th- th- this is going to be tough. Philadelphia is good. And remember, and I know it was a long time ago, but when Philadelphia had all their guys and they came up to the Meadowlands, they beat you pretty good. They beat you pretty good, pretty bad, however you want to slice it. That was ugly. But can the Giants hang with Philadelphia? Absolutely. Would I be shocked, you know, around midnight on Saturday if you told me that the Giants actually won this game? No, of course not. I think they can. But it's going to take an effort similar to what you got against the Vikings. You are going to have to play virtually mistake-free football. Because I think the Eagles, as opposed to Minnesota, they're a little bit better when it comes to erasing mistakes. You know? Minnesota's a fragile team. One thing goes, doesn't go their way. It starts to snowball. I think you saw that. You know, I don't think Philadelphia is going to shoot itself in the foot to the extent that Minnesota did. I mean, think about Minnesota in that game. They're going for it on fourth and inches or whatever it is in their own building, and you had one of their guys jump off sides deep in giant territory. False start, and then you got to push them back, and they got to kick a field goal instead of, you know, trying to score a touchdown on that drive. Little things like that. You know, Philadelphia is not going to do those things in key situations. And you know what? To the credit of the Giants, they really haven't done that all year long. That was one of the hallmarks of this team under Brian Dayball, is they found a way to not beat themselves. And when you're maybe a little bit low on talent compared to some of these other teams, that's what you got to do. Alvin in New Jersey. Up next year on 98.7. Alvin, how you doing? How's it going? How's it going? Good, Alvin. What's up? I'm all right. Listen, um, I'm not a Giants fan, okay? And uh, listen, the Giants can, they can win. They can. They, if they play how they play against the, uh, the Vikings, but they got to they gotta do a little bit more. Not a little bit. I think a, li- a lot more to beat the Eagles. My advice to Giants fan is stay humble, man. Stay humble. A lot of Giants fans out here walking with their chest. And, and they can, you know, but not take it a notch. You know, stay humble. You know, you guys are somewhere where you're not – you weren't supposed to be. Just – just you, you guys – a lot of Giants fans sound like Dallas fans. I don't want to say it too loud, but a lot of Giants fans walking out here sounding like Dallas fans. So, they got to take it easy a little bit. That's it. They're excited. You know, that's all it is. They're excited. I mean, you know, you listen to a lot of the Giant fans. It's been six years, six long years in between playoff victories. I I still get a kick out of the six years thing, you know. I was saying that the other day. Like, you got to wake up on Sunday morning and you see the Giant fans, you know, tweeting about, oh, my God, six long years, finally got a playoff game. Six years. Cry me a river, you know. Save those tears for a drought. My God, six years. Think about some of these other teams. What they've had to endure. And plus, you got two Super Bowls in the last 15 years. Calm down. Calm down. But this is what it's all about. You know, there's not nothing better, like I said, nothing better than when it's your team in the playoffs, the only game across the country, everybody's watching it, all eyes are on your team. And you know what's even better? When you actually got a shot to win the game which is what I think is going to happen to the Giants here this week. They got a shot to win this game. We'll hear from some of the particulars coming up next. Remember, Jordan Renan is going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock. Dan Gross's show. We're rolling until 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Gross's show. 
on 98.7 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's Daniel Jones. How about the opportunity to face the big bad Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, it's a great, great opportunity for us to still be playing. This is where you want to be, playing these these big games. So it's an awesome opportunity for us. But as far as our approach and our preparation, it's going to be consistent with, with what we've done all year. And uh, we know that's the way that we're going to, going to prepare to play our best on Sunday, or Saturday. You think there's unfinished business and all with this game coming up? Yeah, without a doubt. We uh, certainly, you know, feel like we've, you know, played well uh, to this point, but, you know, by no means are we satisfied with just getting here, and, and there's a lot a lot of work to do for us, you know, and we're excited to do it, but, you know, that's been the approach this week. You know, I think guys have, you know, guys came in today ready to work and ready to get after it. You know, we've got a, a lot still left to do. See, going into Philadelphia is a different animal than going into Minnesota. I think we could all agree on that one, Right. I know Minnesota's like, you know, it's loud, it's purple. They do the skull thing before the game, which might intimidate some folks. I don't know why, unless you have like, you know, an aversion to Vikings or Nordics or something like that. But the Vikings aren't a tough team. No, they're just not. You can play that all you want. I mean, you can play it all day and night. And to me, any team that plays in a dome, you're not a tough football team. You know, football should be played outside, you know, especially this time of year. That's why, like, I, I, I can't take teams like that seriously. I, I, I just can't. Going to Philadelphia, that's a different animal. You know, it could get nasty with the weather. It's going to be cold. That's, that's what you want when you're trying to get to a Super Bowl. Those fans, they'll let you hear it. They're unforgiving. You know, they got a reputation there for a reason. They're good fans. They're loyal. They bring it. And that's what a home field advantage is supposed to be, especially this time of year. You know, you got to think twice before you go into somebody's house and think that you're going to play your best football game. And they're going to do everything they can legally to maybe prevent that from happening. Here was Dexter Lawrence today about the Philly fans. Take a listen to this. I know their fans going to be out there. And, you know, I hope we travel well. Like he said, gritty, hard nose. I told my mom she can't come to the games because <laughs> she'd get, go back at them. But it should be fun, and I'm excited. So he doesn't want his mom to go to the game because he think it's too dangerous. See, I never found that to be an issue, at least with me, whenever I've gone to games in Philadelphia as, you know, a fan. I mean, it's a long time ago. I can't tell you the last time I did. I don't think I ever went to an Eagles game. I went to a lot of Phillies games. But, you know, I'm not one of those, like, rowdy, obnoxious dudes anyways where I'm going to try to, like, bring it on. But the other thing with this game, though, is remember, it's going to be an 8 o'clock start. So God knows what time the parking lots are going to be open. God knows what time the beverages are going to be flowing there early in the day. I mean, those fans are going to be pretty jacked up. They're going to be buzzed. And all you need is one little thing to go wrong, and we need security. I mean, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Harvey, you go to a lot of games in Philadelphia? Have you ever been to a lot of football games or anything there? No, actually. My first ever uh, Giants game was uh, the 2016 year when they made the playoffs, and it was Giants-Eagles the day after my birthday. And that was tense. And that was in Philadelphia, right? No, it was at MetLife Stadium, but I wouldn't. Wait, was it in 2016? 
Yeah. No, 2016. That was the year they went to uh, to Green Bay, the Giants, and lost. I'm saying that was the first time I went to a game. Oh, game. game. I got what you're saying. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But that was tense. And part of me wants to go to a game in Philly. Maybe I can sneak my way into this game Saturday. Um, now, would you, if you went to – let me ask you a question. Would you have any issues, like, if you went to a game down in Philly, would you be, like, decked out in Giants stuff? Yes. You wouldn't have any problem doing that? No. I got to represent. That's that's just the way it is. See, I look, it's a du- it's a double-edged sword. Because I get it. You want to support your team and look, you would think that in a sane world and in a sane society, you should be able to wear whatever the hell you want to wear and go anywhere you want, like to a football game. But there are these unwritten rules, you know, to where if you march down into enemy territory like Philadelphia, high-stakes game like a playoff game, you're wearing your giant stuff. If the Giants, let's say, start to do good and maybe you get up and cheer a little demonstratively, you know, there might be a person or two that maybe takes exception to that. Maybe they're not thinking clearly. One thing leads to another. They say something to you. You say something to them. And then you got a free-for-all. That's how these things happen. But you would have no problem with it. No. I'd have to bring someone with me, I'd hope. But. Well, of course, yeah, you got you know, you're not going in there by yourself. And this is nothing against you, but I'm just saying, you got, if you're going to do something like that and you're going to go, you know, into an opposing stadium, I don't think you'd be best served going by yourself. Go with your buddies, go with people that you know are going to have your back. Yeah, I, I mean, it could. Now, Andrew Thomas, by the way, you know, he's had a couple of games in Philadelphia. He's still a young player. Andrew Thomas was asked if Philadelphia is one of the top three hostile crowds, in his opinion. No, definitely not. I mean, their crowd is their crowd is brutal, and then it helps when their team is as good as they are. So we're looking forward to it. It's nothing but us against the world, so that's the mentality that we have. See, and Andrew Thomas, I take his opinion, actually, with a little bit more sincerity because Andrew Thomas, think about it. Where do you go to college? He went to college down in Athens, Georgia playing in the SEC, those rivalries, that's what I'm saying. Like, the fans up here in some of these stadiums and cities and whatnot, they think they're tough. They think it's tough places to play. That is nothing compared to some of those college environments down, especially in the SEC. We're going into Georgia, LSU, College Station, Oxford. I mean, those are rivalries. Those are home field advantages. Not to say that these aren't bad, but, I mean, this stuff goes back like, you know, decades upon almost a century, right? There is, like, legit hate 365 days a year. You know, like, for example, Philly fans, all right, they hate the Giants today, but they, you know, they're not concentrating on Eagles-Giants 365 days a year. You know, when baseball season rolls around, They're worrying about the Phillies, and then they're hating on the Mets, and then they're hating on the Braves and stuff like that. Like, it's not just obsessive, like, spewing this venom towards the Giants all year long. Down in football country and SEC, football is on the conversation 365 days a year. So if Andrew Thomas says it, you know what? Who am I to disagree? You know, I'll say one other thing, too, going back to what one of the previous callers mentioned about Dave Gettleman. I, look, I know he's not popular. And I know most Giant fans despise Dave Gettleman. They despise the theory of, you know, just even the thought that maybe this guy might actually receive credit for doing something good. Giant fans listening to this right now probably are ready to drive off the road just because I brought up the name Dave Gettleman. And they thought that they were done with him. 
But he's not going to reappear tomorrow. He's not going to be somebody that is going to suddenly, like, take over the reins of the Giants and drive them into the ground again. You don't have to worry about that. You can relax. You can breathe. I've tried in the past. But let's tell it like it is. Some of these guys that helped you win a playoff game on Sunday, Dave Gettleman stuck his neck out and brought them in. So that's when I was in full-bloom love. And you know who he was talking about, right? He was talking about Daniel Jones. And he was talking about the Senior Bowl in 2019. When he went down there to Alabama and he laid eyes on that quarterback from Duke and he saw him throughout the week in practice, spinning that ball around, and then one thing led to another. So that's when I was in full-bloom love. And then that year in the draft... Six pick in the draft, the Giants select Daniel Jones. What a hunk. And everybody's like, what? Who? How? Why? We are the Giants. And in the last few years, they weren't very good. And the quarterback wasn't very good. Not to mention the fact the quarterback even was coming off of a neck injury. Going into this. Remember that? And that's pretty scary. To where going into the year, I remember those were legitimate, honest conversations that we were having on our shows. Well, here's another question about Daniel Jones. He's coming off of a neck injury. How do you know that the next hit he takes is not going to finish him off for good? As we sit here and try to debate, is he going to be the answer long term? How much more is he going to be a part of these teams or this team's plans? But D- Dave Gettleman was the guy who brought Daniel Jones into this organization. Now, it took four years. It took four years to finally see all of this talent, all of this ability, all the attributes that Dave Gettleman saw that maybe none of us did. And it also took the head coach and the staff to be able to bring that good football out of him. I mean, I can't sit here and say enough of good things about Daniel Jones, really, really and truthfully. You think about the revolving door they've had all season at wide receiver. I mean, Darius Slayton was their damn number one wide receiver. Darius Slayton, for crying out loud. And that didn't stop them. Taking his game to a completely, completely different level. And there's a lot of Giant fans. Forget about how you feel about Dave Gettleman. I know that a lot of you probably hated Daniel Jones, too. And wanted to kick him to the curb. And wanted to move on and find somebody else. You know, he was nothing more than Eli Light. The only reason they brought him into the organization was because he reminded everybody of Eli Manning. So when they passed the torch, when Eli stepped away, you just bring in this guy and say, oh, it's basically like the same thing. But boy, what the payoff is nice, is it not? How about that payoff? But it's not just him. There's other guys, too. Saquon. Now, look, I thought it was stupid to draft a running back second overall, but still, Dave Gettleman did. And Saquon Barkley's had himself a phenomenal season. You're not here playing the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend if not for Saquon Barkley. How about Dexter Lawrence? How much of a monster he's become on that defensive line? Dave Gettleman drafted him as well. Same draft as the Daniel Jones draft, by the way. And he's not the only one. Those aren't the other guys... Andrew Thomas. Look at what Andrew Thomas has blossomed into. 
Remember, we were killing uh, Dave Gettleman in that 2020 draft because going into that draft, remember, there were four big tackles that stood out apart from the rest. You had Andrew Thomas. You had Mekhi Becton. You had Tristan Wirfs. And then you had the guy that went to Cleveland. And the Giants had their pick of the litter. You could get any one of the four. And Gettleman took Andrew Thomas. I remember that first year, things weren't really looking too good. They were saying, why did you take him? Right? Why, 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 why'd you pick him? Typical Gettleman. Swings and misses. That looks like a pretty good pick now, doesn't it not? Andrew Thomas is a real good player. Real good football player. I mean, you look up and down this roster. Up and down this roster. There's more guys that Dave Gettleman brought on to this team than Joe Shane and Brian Dayball did. Moves that you didn't even think at the time were necessarily going to pay dividends for you. And you said to yourself, well, why did you bring this guy? Don't you think you overpaid a little bit? Think about Adoree Jackson. And look, at the time last year when they brought in Adoree Jackson, they signed in. We're like, boy, that's a lot of money to give to Adoree Jackson. And Gettleman mismanaged the cap so bad that if you look at the cornerback position also, think about James Bradbury, who the Giants are going to see on Saturday, who's now with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know why he's a Philadelphia Eagle? Because the cap was so in just awful shape that the Giants had to cut James Bradbury to the curb to save some money, and the rest of the NFL knew that. So that's why when they tried to get something in return form, nobody would offer a damn thing because they realized that the Giants had no choice but to cut him loose. Not to say that he was a bad football player, but they just couldn't afford him. I think of how well the Dory Jackson played here, especially on Sunday, and how much it's meant to have him back in the lineup and the job he did on Justin Jefferson in that game on Sunday. I mean, I could, I could sit here and go on and on and on and on and on. Maybe, just maybe, history is going to judge Dave Gettleman a little bit differently in terms of his tenure running the New York football Giants, right? Obviously, Ernie Accorsi didn't do as bad of a job as Gettleman. You know, they had some moments when he ran the Giants, but when they finally won the Super Bowl in 2007, Jerry Reese was technically the general manager. The majority of that team were guys that were there all those years with Ernie Accorsi. Ernie Accorsi was the one who drafted Eli. Made the trade to move up and get Eli. On and on and on. Maybe Dave Gettleman's going to be viewed in the same light. You know, Joe Shane will get credit for a team that maybe is a championship caliber team, but the roots of it, Dave Gettleman's. And I'm just as shocked as any of you that we're sitting here and actually having this conversation. But I think it's legitimate. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll get into the Jets stuff, too. They're looking for a quarterback. They're looking for an offensive coordinator so that they maybe could be playing football this time next year. Dan Grosser Show till 10 right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Should have looked it up before I even left the house today, but I, I can't remember the last time we did one of these shows. Harvey, did you ever find out when it was? Like when the last one was? At this time? I just had it. I want to say it was before Christmas. I can look it up for you real December, quick. though, right? It was sometime in December? Yeah, I want to say it's before Christmas. It feels that long. It certainly feels that way. 
I don't think we have to wait that long, though, for the next one. If, if I remember correctly, I do think we have maybe another one next week. And there's actually like a two or three of them. Either next week or the week after that. I'm not sure. I can't remember which one. But, like, there, there, there's actually shows coming up, like real legitimate shows. So we're going to, you know, be able to stretch our legs a little bit here, which is crazy. What I have here yeah. is November 23rd. No, so, so that's not December then. So November, wait, November 23rd, that's like before Christmas. I mean, before Thanksgiving. It's been a while, dude. The, oh the Knicks the God. Knicks and Rangers take up the time. But the Knicks and Rangers, they're busy. You know, they, they, they play those damn games and just, I'll tell you. That is terrible. That's all right, though. Like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll be here. We're not going anywhere. Uh, Sammy in New Jersey, up next here on 9870 ESPN. Sammy, what is going on? Hey, how's it going? What's up, Sam? So I want to talk about my New York football giants. And this kind of two-part question. So you tell me, is Brian Dable a lock for coach of the year? And the second part is, am I wrong to think or say that the New York Giants have a top 10 quarterback, running back, defense, and a head coach. That's a lot to digest. I got to think about all those other ones specifically, like the different categories. But is Brian Dayball a lock for coach of the year? I, I, I can't say he's a lock only because you never know what the voters are actually thinking. But, Sammy, if you're asking me, look, I've said it since October. Brian Dayball's the coach of the year. And there's nothing that has happened since that would lead me to think otherwise. If I had a vote, I'm giving the first place vote to Dayball, no question. No question at all. And a lot of it has to do with the fact, look, it goes back to what I said from over the summer. I didn't think the Giants were going to be very good this year. I thought they'd win maybe four or five games. I looked at this roster and I said, oof. Right? It was one of those, if everything breaks right, they could win, what, six, seven? But the fact that they won nine, made the playoffs... And remember, the postseason, what you do in the postseason doesn't impact any of these awards. All these awards are voted on already before the playoffs start. But look, there's a lot of coaches that have done a good job this year. Um, look, Sirianni's done a good job. You know, taking a team that just made the playoffs last year to take them to being number one in the conference. He did a real good job. Kevin O'Connell, you know, as much as you want to dump on him now because they lost to the Giants, but Kevin O'Connell did a good job in his first season as a first-year head coach with Minnesota winning the division. You know, Kyle Shanahan out there in San Francisco, he went through how many quarterbacks this year? Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. It's like they haven't skipped a beat. You know, Doug Peterson down in Jacksonville, he won a division his first year. So those would probably be the guys. But if you're asking me who's on the top of the list, it's Brian Dable. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. We'll get into some Jets. Start hour number two. What are they going to do at quarterback and OC? Dan Grosser Show till 10, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN.